Yo, welcome back to the Return to Play podcast. I'm your host, Steve Navarra, ATC, soon to be OTR. If I pass this test next week, I also have with me Danny, my boy, and then Rashawn kind of pops in and then leaves us like a cheap whore without saying a word. So you'll hear him and then you'll just not hear him anymore. But we have a big week, a ton of NFL injury news. We all lost our locks of the week. We all stink at gambling. What else is new? Uh, Danny, what do you have to say about it? I for, See if I ever put money on Ohio State again. I am so pissed off. Oregon coming to Columbus with their top two defenders out. How? I thought that was a that was a 30 point blowout. It was a lock. I'm I'm pissed off. I and, and they they won't do that in a Big 10 game to help Penn State, but of course they'll do that shit against Oregon. I don't get the, I don't know what the hell I just witnessed, but I'm pissed off and I missed my lock. Yeah, uh I had them in a a 13 point teaser so they just had to win with the over. And I thought, you know, I thought I was golden. All they had to do was win. And lo and behold, I couldn't enjoy an Ohio State loss because my dumbass bet on them. I knew the 14 and a point, 14 and a half points was going to be shaky. I didn't think Oregon was that bad of a team. I thought they could keep it close, uh, but I didn't touch that either. Uh, so, you know, whatever. Uh, I need to, what I need to do is just start live betting those big games. I know I'm going to watch the whole game. Like I do, I do so much better at live betting. I look at live bets. I'm like, okay, I would bet this here. And sure enough, all that kind of shit hits. So I think that's what I should do for college football this week. Big old Penn state game, whiteout game day, ABC nighttime. How you feel about it? (sighs) Nervous. Wish we didn't schedule it, but. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean they should win they should win don't matter we're gonna we're gonna get blitzed in columbus anyways so which is makes us look that much fucking stupider because they got beat by oregon but i digress yeah i mean we should handle auburn but i don't if they win i don't think they get much of a boost they still have to beat ohio state if they lose season's over we're not playing for nothing right yeah penn state's it's 12 and 0 or or we're playing in the Rose Bowl and 11 or uh, I should say 10 and two and we're playing in the Outback Bowl. So, you know, I'd say Outback Bowl is probably our destiny this year, but we'll, we'll see. We're still in the driver's seat. So we'll see how Penn State shakes out. If they do win, I'm going to have a field day on Twitter shitting on the SEC, but we'll see how that goes. I, 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 they should win. They, they should win. My plan is I'm going to study all day and then, and then, yeah, I'm going to have a, a few cocktails at night uh, with the old pens. So uh, I think that that about does it for the intro. H- how great of a host am I to have to say that? Um, yeah, I got nothing else. Let's get into the injury news. All right, let's get into the NFL injury news. There is a ton of it. Most notably, Mr. Fitzpatrick dislocated his hip. uh, uh, Hopefully he has his AARP membership so he can get some discounts while he's laid up on the couch. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts on the dislocated hip and his return? 
Oh, uh, his return. Well, since he elected to go the non-surgical route, his return is probably going to be a rough one. It said eight weeks with rehab, but that's if rehab actually works. This is like sort of like the injury that uh, took out Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson completely dislocated his <clears throat> in, in his career. So with him subluxing, which is basically dislocation and popped back in itself, like I would have went the surgical route. Like you said, he's already old. He needs ARP membership, so that was, wasn't a smart move on his part. I would have elected to go the surgery route and just forego the season. Yeah, um, I think this tells us that this is Fitzpatrick's last year. He's not. He doesn't want to have to wait a whole year in rehab and then go through a training camp again, and then just to play another game. I think he wants to just play this season out and, and play as much football as he possibly can. The problem is, I think Taylor Heineke has the ability to um, become the starter of that football team and do enough for them to win some games where when Fitzpatrick comes back in eight weeks, even if they're like, I don't know, six and three or uh, five and two or five and four, um, you know, they might just keep rolling with Heineke. They're not going to rush Fitzpatrick back. And then at that point, you know, it's a toss up at the best if he's going to get to play again. I don't hate it. I I would probably, if I were him, like obviously the sensible thing to do is to get the surgery and probably just hang your hat up, put your cleats away. But we know that that's harder to do than not, especially after the career and the level he's playing at. So next we got Jerry Judy. He's screwing a lot of fantasy players over. I'm sure some of you are hurting. Picked him up as kind of like a sleeper guy in the middle round. He has a high ankle sprain. He's out for four to six weeks. I personally think it's going to be the better part of six weeks, and they might limit his snap count, and he might have some hesitation coming back for another two weeks. So, you know, you might as well consider that eight weeks left without playing him. Anybody else have a thought on that? Yeah, I think you're spot on with what you said. Like high ankle sprains, they linger. Um, and usually usually they're a surgical candidate and they just postpone surgery, which in the long run just screws up your production. So it's gonna he's gonna probably screw up your fantasy your fantasy uh picks if you have him in your fantasy team. So I'm with you, Steve. Yeah, I have him in the league. Uh it's actually a vampire league, so you can only drop a guy and pick someone else up if they are placed on the IR. I'm still holding on to him. I'm going to wait to see like how the rest of my roster comes out because I could drop him at any week before he's brought back. So I know I have five weeks to kind of play around with it. Um, but even still, he's going to come back for what would it be six games then I'm not sure when their bye week is but so he's gonna play like six games at the most this year's kind of a wash for Jerry Judy now I think um I don't think he's gonna come back in week I don't know 10 and and light it up uh if you can hear our technical difficulty issues I apologize I'm just rolling through it we've got some some mics not connecting and reconnecting hey there it is 
Yeah, just to back up what Steve said, I think I think even when he does come back, his production will probably be limited. Um, I do like the pickup of Cortland Sutton now. He uh, he's kind of been overlooked coming off that ACL, but he was a thousand yard receiver the year before. I, I give him the most value uh, of the receivers over Tim Patrick and KJ Hamler. Well, who's picking up Cortland Sutton? I'm pretty sure he's he got drafted in everybody's leagues. I, I don't have any leagues where he's available in the waivers or ever was. But um, so I guess like to me, the the question is KJ Hamler or Tim Patrick off the waivers. I would take KJ over Tim personally, but that's just me. I go vice versa. I, I'm bigger. I, I think Tim Patrick's going to be more consistent. Hamler will be boomer bust with big plays. I think Hamler's going to run that crossing route underneath a lot, and it's going to be an easy dump off for Bridgewater, and he's a smart enough quarterback to know to to do that, to look for that progression in that underneath route. But we'll see how it goes. So then, Sean, I'm going to ask you about DeMarcus Lawrence. He has a Jones fracture. Supposed to be out for eight weeks. He's getting the surgery done. What are your thoughts? Uh, pretty good prognosis with uh Jones fractures. As long as you get the surgery, they'll pin it. Uh, the only thing is, like, that's a big boy. That's a small bone. So, like, with the weight of I would push. So, it's, they usually say six to eight weeks. I'll push it towards the eight-week mark. So, they were smart with saying that. But overall, pretty good prognosis. When he comes back, he'll probably be productive. I don't see this injury hampering his... Uh, his play or anything like that. Um, yeah, over under on how how many sacks Demarcus Lawrence has this year? Then I'll probably go with I'll probably go with the over. No, probably, give me no. a number. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> give me what he had at the beginning. Like, give me give me his average. I don't. So eight weeks plus this week is nine. Their bye week is inside cool. of that. All right, give me, so give me. He'll play. Top, he'll your play. Top, your top pass rusher. How many sacks do they average a game? Probably point seven five. I don't know. All right, so three sacks a game. Three. He's gonna get three sacks a game when he comes back. What the fuck are you smoking? You said point seven five. They average a game. He gonna average like two so or three less games. than one he, sack. He meant, he meant. I think he meant three for the remainder of the season, which I think is a good number. Oh. Yeah, damn. You said Thank three you. a game. You you did say a game, Sean, but I knew what oh. you meant. Yeah, my I bad. Think, my bad. Three. My uh, bad. My bad. <laughs> I think three is a good number for the for the season. He had eight last year. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I don't think he'll be at a hundred percent when he comes back. Cowboys defense just isn't good to begin with, but it does help uh, helps their offense. I think more of their games are going to be a shootout. A lot of weapons on the Cowboys team on their offense, fantasy wise. Um. So yeah, uh, Rashawn's going to have more pen clicks on this podcast than Demarcus Lawrence does sacks this year. That's a guarantee. Um. Bears O-line, you saw them hobbling off Sunday Night Football if you watched. Uh, their O-line was in shambles. And it seems like it, that's going to be the trend this year. So that's definitely not good for Andy Dalton. And you can just write the Bears offense off. It didn't look uh, – it looked exactly the same as last year. 
they, they did adjust a little bit and, and end up getting a couple touchdowns on the board, but I don't see them ever scoring 30 points a game this year unless they're, you know, get lucky, get a turnover, stuff like that. Like they're not going to drive down the field four times and then get a, you know, another field goal. So if you have Bears players on your fantasy teams, like specifically, I think um, David Montgomery, I would I would sell high on him right now and try to trade him for maybe like a lesser running back and then a better wide receiver or something. I think he's going to, his numbers are going to come down as the year goes on, but they could always throw Justin Fields in there and that'd be a wild card. But yeah, I don't, I don't see that, that offense doing much. Uh, anything on the bears? Duh bears. Yeah. I think they're, they're going to be, I'm not, I mean, I, the, Montgomery and Robinson still have value, but I'm not, I'm not huge. I'm, they're not going to have big, big booming weeks. I like Robinson because he's the only reliable person on their team and they're going to have to throw the ball because they're always going to be losing games. So the receiver keeping Robinson makes sense to me, but it wouldn't make sense to me to keep on to keep um, David Montgomery. You could sell him high. Maybe if the trade, you get a good trade for him. Story of his whole career though. He's got, he's got nobody to throw him the ball. I mean, he'll see he'll put up his a thousand yards and, seven touchdowns and just hope you start him on the right weeks. Um, next, uh, is it Jeff? Oh God. Jeff, Jeff Okuda. Okuda. Yes, you got it. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Okuda. Uh, number three overall pick, I think a couple years ago, he tore his Achilles in his starting his second year. That's a huge blow for the lions and for his player development. Usually cornerbacks in that second year take a big step forward by the end of that second year and, and really develop into a, a pro, a better pro. So this really hurts the, the Lions long-term, and they're already a team that probably isn't going to win a whole lot of games and your best defensive player just towards Achilles. So that's, that's really rough for them. Not much more, I think, to say about that other than targets and wide receivers now going up against the lines, especially the next couple of weeks here, like uh, Devontae Adams and and the, the Green Bay Packers should, Roger should at home really flip the switch and have a huge fantasy week. I think the Packers will. Next, Rashad Penny for the Seattle Seahawks, backup running back calf injury three to four weeks and then probably a couple more weeks with a limited load um we need a little splat sound effect or something if i say that jimmy um anyway i think this increases chris carson's value uh he's already their workhorse and now they don't really have another option so they're gonna keep giving him the rock and now he might have to catch more passes too uh, and then finally, Odell Beckham Jr. We called it in our preseason pods. Stay away from him. Some people were taking him in the fifth round in best ball. I said that that is way too high for Odell Beckham. He is not a guy who wants to play 17 games a year. He's living off of his guaranteed money. He doesn't need the game day checks. And he's just a waste of your bench space if he's on your bench, in my opinion, because when he does come back, 
Um, he's going to have a couple nice catches, but then he's going to have just as many drops, I think. So I don't think Odell's your answer if you're stashing him away on your bench. I would even I would try to trade him, and honestly, I see guys on the waiver wires that would just be more consistent than him, like Sterling Shepard, and um, well, that's the only good example I have in my head. But anything else on Odell? Uh, yeah, I, I, he's going to be inconsistent. I wouldn't just cut him. If you, if you, someone's going to give you a good trade, I would definitely go for that. But when he comes back, I mean, he's he'll have flex value. I think boomer bust kind of stuff but I, th- I mean too much potential to just to just cut i mean it sucks wasting that bench space yeah so he had he he's had the acl done and what do we remember what when he had that injured was that october uh yes Oct- it was yeah october october well when did they play the steelers 18th yeah i heard the steelers game right i think so so yeah, I think so, the post game. You said what? You talking about Odell Beckham? Yeah, he was against the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts, okay. Yeah, oh, I don't know what I'm thinking then. <laughs> Good. It was Week Seven against the Bengals, was when he tore his ACL. So you were both wrong, and uh. So he's at that nine month mark now. Really, t- well, shit, no, eleven months, <laughs> and so really now it's all a mental thing. Like he's cleared to play. There's really probably no reason why he he actually is saying I, you know, I don't feel right. I don't feel ready to go. I I've seen him out there running routes and catching balls against uh, air or against. Um, when it's without a practice without shoulder pads. So he can run the routes. He can jump up and catch the ball. He's scared to get hit. Or the alternative is he is uh, just doesn't want to play. And he's like, I'm going to just, you know, wait this out. And I'll play like, you know, I'll take four games off if I can, four or five. I'll just see how long I can milk this thing. To me, that tells me when he does come back, he's not fully committed to um to his role on the team and and they have a lot of they they have a few other options there uh i think he makes their team worse but that's just my long-term take on odell i agree that he makes the team worse they they definitely have played worse when he's playing compared to when he's out but i just think he has either flex or at least good backup receiver value let me just correct myself earlier. Pittsburgh was the last full game he played. He got hurt the week after, which was the Bengals. You're right. Uh, nice save. I, I had to look that up, too. So that was our NFL injury news segment. We stumbled and rumbled through that, and now we're ready to do heating pad and ice pack. So I'll go first, and then I'll let uh, Danny take over since Rashawn ghosted us. Uh, let's start out with Josh Jacobs. He had turf toe. If you watch Monday night, he kept getting pulled off of the field, limping off the field. He is questionable to doubtful to play against the Steelers. And even if he does, Steelers have an excellent run defense. So he's an obvious ice pack for me. 
I'm a big ice pack here as well. I think, especially in PPR leagues, I, I PPR, I like Drake better this year, honestly, especially after how that week one looked, um, Drake getting involved a lot in the past game. If J Josh Jacobs is banged up, Drake will get more and more of his touches. Big ice pack here. Yeah. Typically with the turf toe, from my experience is you, you rest all week. You barely do any contact drills or really even clean up too much. And then you just kind of go on game day as best you can and you heal as best you can, but it's not something that football coaches really would want to keep you out for. Whereas an athletic trainer, I would say, Hey, if we just, if we just give this guy four weeks of rest, he should be good for, you know, the next three months. Uh, that's usually not how people think though, especially when you're paying these guys millions of dollars. Uh, we'll see how it goes. They keep, they seem to keep trotting him out there with the bad toe. And then he's, he's clearly not as productive, although he had that nice touchdown run. I, I, I also benched Kenyon Drake on my fantasy squad this week for Naheem Hines, just because of the Steelers run defense. Even if he catches a couple balls for 20 yards, I think that's all he does. Uh, Kenyon Drake wise. Next. Julio Jones, he's in the doghouse. Mike Brable cussed his ass out for doing stupid shit. And he was supposed to be a big piece of their offense. He got a, a bad penalty, and then he also he was not productive at all. Then again, Ryan Tannehill didn't have any time to throw. For this week against the Seahawks, I don't see any better matchups, so I'm going to ice pack him as well. Ah, this one's tough. Uh, I'm going to say... I, I, I'm going to say heating pad. He, because, heating pad compared to what he's currently projected. But what He's I mean, projected he, like eight points at... Well, in my yeah, P, full PPR league, he's projected 13, and I'm like, right. no way. No way he gets... Well, obviously, a touchdown gets him to 13 points yeah. then, but... I don't see – I think teams are game planning to just take away A.J. Brown and Julio, and they're going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw to the tight end or the slot. Uh, either way, it doesn't matter if the offensive line can't keep block for four seconds. That's a big, uh, that's a big thing to ask, to, to take away Julio and A.J. Brown, though. I mean, those are two receivers that you, you like to double-team, so – Big guys on the outside. I, I, he's he's definitely boomer bust, but I mean, you know, four four catches, sixty yards, and half a touchdown is your 30, 30, 13 points. So, I I'd say, uh, and I think in non PPR leagues, he was looking at like eight or nine points. I, th I think that's a fair number for him. So I'm not gonna give him an ice pack. He, there's just too much potential with him when he's healthy. Yeah, David Montgomery. We already touched on him. I would say, especially because the O-line doesn't seem like they're going to have any cohesion at all week to week thus far, I'm going to ice pack David Montgomery again. Uh, they're playing the – where are the Bears playing? Shit. Bengals. Uh, I switched that around. I'm going to heat pack. David Montgomery obviously and this goes for more DFS like obviously if you have David Montgomery in your fantasy league you probably have him as your RB2 and whoever's behind him 
it's probably not worth putting in front of David Montgomery at this point. So DFS wise, I don't think he's anything worth worth a play though. Um, this is real. I'm going to contrast Bath, <laughs> David Montgomery. <laughs> Maybe in some tournament plays, you could play David Montgomery. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm a hating Pat for Montgomery. I think he's he's been productive on shitty teams the past two years. Looked great last week, despite how uh, kind of inconsistent and bad that offense looked at times. So I, I I'm not too worried about David Montgomery's value. Eating pad. Sticking with running backs, Baltimore's backfield. They have now activated Devontae Freeman to the active roster. So now it's a question of Freeman, Bell, and uh, Williams, uh, Taysom Williams. Taysom Williams looked all right for his first NFL appearance. He definitely had some rookie mistakes, but he also had some nice runs and had some – he had – some bad plays as well. So I think he could, they're going to stick with him. The Ravens aren't just going to nix him for making some rookie mistakes. Uh, I think they keep, keep progressing him, trying to get him better towards the end of the season. So I would heat pack Williams and I would ice pack Freeman and bell just because it would be their first game back in over a year. I'm a ice pack on the whole backfield, except Latavius Murray. Especially uh, Freeman and Bell is a huge ice pack. Don't even touch them. But uh, Latavius Murray off of no practice out carried Tyson Williams ten to nine last week. So with a week of practice, I think he he'll be the main guy. Um, Williams is definitely worth worth stashing and kind of seeing how it plays out. But I wouldn't depend on him. Latavius Murray gets a heating pad for me. Yeah, um, they. I'd assume here they're going to start just doing running back by committee and playing the hot hand. So any uh, the Chiefs definitely don't have an elite run stop game. Chubb and Hunt definitely had their way with them. So I would I would uh, heat pack uh, Murray as well. I'm with you there. And finally, the 49ers backfield after Raheem Mostert can't stay healthy, got hurt in the first game this year really sucks for him and for me because you know I had him and so the backup uh his last name's Mitchell I, I I got him in one of the leagues I just plugged him in into my starting lineup because I didn't really have anyone else worthy enough to that was going to outperform him so I'm going to heat pack uh Mitchell there uh, this one's tough for me I I'm I'm kind of an ice pack on the situation I think if the like you're saying, if you need a flex play, Elijah Mitchell is not a bad, uh, not a bad plug and play. But I, I don't. I think he's going to be overvalued because of how how well he did last week. Uh, Trey Sermon, who was a healthy scratch, I'd imagine he's going to come in and get carries. You also got Jamichael Hasty, who it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a three man committee and kind of. I wouldn't depend on any of these guys. Give it a couple of weeks and see if anyone emerges as like the main guy, but I'm an ice pack here. Yeah, that's the play. And, and Shanahan's offense is definitely uh, anyone can be back there and be productive. So they're all worth having on your bench, Sermon and Mitchell, uh, for 
DFS wise, I would definitely sprinkle both of those guys in some tournament plays just because of how good that line blocks and and the scheme is for run first team and then they open up with the play action so that's our heating pad ice pack segment now we'll get to the soccer draw of the week which i've heard is a lot of people's favorite segment of the week which says a lot about our nfl injury news podcast Um, I'm going to take Aston Villa versus Everton. They just seem like two middle-of-the-pack teams that kind of even, and they both just seem to have, like, draws when they both play teams of their their same caliber. So I'm going to go with them. How about you? Sunday Premier League action, Tottenham and Chelsea. That's a draw. That's a draw right there. No Pulisic. I gotta. I gotta hope Chelsea has a little deficit without him. Give him a little bit of credit. Uh, it's a lock. That's a lock. That's a draw. One one. Well, I'm even giving you, see, you the score. Did you see Tottenham's uh, new purple kits? They're they're unveiling though. I did not. Did not. Love uh, they're like uh, per- they're like uh, what's that? They're Alcorn State colors. They're purple and gold. Well, I guess all- the Raven, the Ravens colors. Ravens, all corn, bro. All, not Al. Come on, didn't you watch game day? I was at, I've been to Alcorn State. Uh, I guess that's the Akron in me saying Alcorn. <laughs> I said I said Alcorn for 27 years of my life, and then I watched college game day while they were at Alcorn, and apparently it's Alcorn. Well, Rest no one corrected me while I was there. Rest in peace, McNair. I did not feel comfortable on that campus. <laughs> you yeah you you would have stuck out like a sore thumb um but no everyone there did seem seem very nice and uh pretty chill but it was it was definitely a different culture that's a that's a different part of the world even though it's in the same country that's what makes america great um <laughs> And then, Danny, you, you're going to unveil our new segment here? Yeah, new new segment. We had planned on on doing this little segment uh, before this game-winning play. So our new segment, we got the LGBTQIA Plus Player of the Week. I'm going with Carl Nassib, former All-American, led the nation in sacks. Got to go with my Penn State guy here. Uh, kind of tore up Alejandro Villanueva on that on that Monday night game. Had a game-winning uh, sack, which which resulted in... The Las Vegas Raiders almost had Oakland getting the ball back in overtime and, and finishing her off. So screw the Ravens, 0-1, go Steelers. Carl Nassib, love you. Yeah, uh, he seems like, with that performance, he seems like he's going to be a shoe-in every week for the LGP, LGBTQIA plus player of the week. <laughs> you know, there's, there's still a few days to see if, see if any breaking news comes out and someone can knock him off, but yeah, I like him for this week too. Yeah, and... Uh, as always, the tight end guru here. Uh, if you're going to play some DFS, your high pr- higher-priced tight end this week, Gronk, I think he's going to be involved in the game plan every week. He's going to get a few few catches. I think he's like $4,300, so he only, needs, he only needs three catches for 40 yards to, to double his points there. Uh, just about, anyway, but... He, he and he's also a, a heavy red zone target for Tom to look for him 
in that strike zone inside the 30. So finally, we got our gambling picks. My favorite part of the week, my favorite part of the weekend. I'm like a, I'm like a, what's that, Jimmy? A line chef, a, a short cook. I'm like the greasy Waffle House cook, just making parlays, just one after the other, just just cook, just serving them up, laying them down on the griddle, ding, 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 ready to go, and then I get fat L's back in return. But actually, no, wait, my my parlay last week I gave out one uh, with finishing off with the Rams and Sunday Night Football. So I'm 1-0 on my parlay. So I'll just start with my parlay here. It is the – it's all NFL money line. We got the Pittsburgh Steelers home against the Raiders. Raiders, West Coast team on a short rest week, almost never cover the spread, which obviously they're underdogs, so it means they're going to lose if they can't. Well, uh, yeah, if they can't cover plus five and a half, that means they're going to lose. So Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns should take care of the Houston Texans, but the Browns could always be the Browns and give you a scare there. And then finally, or not finally, the Patriots, uh, the final one o'clock game of this parlay uh, at the Jets. The Jets always play the Patriots tough, but I don't see the Jets scoring enough points late in the game to edge out the Patriots and Bill Belichick in that defense. Four o'clock game, Arizona Cardinals, their defense look for real. Defense wins games. Kirk Cousins is a Momo, and I don't see him. And and also the Cardinals just they just looked lost in Cincinnati and they if that team performs to what they could be the Vikings should have put the Bengals on their ass early in that game and they couldn't at all so Cardinals and then uh, Chiefs Sunday Night Football Chiefs against the Ravens Ravens start zero and two everyone's pointing fingers at Lamar if they start Villanueva how how are they how how is Lamar going to have enough time to to throw the ball downfield and then they could just hone in on on him to run and scramble and stop that attack so and then finally the packers in monday night football so if you make it to monday night this is a as a five, plus 511 parlay on fanduel if you can make it to monday night i would take the plus 11 and a half points with the lines or wherever that line ends up at Monday night, I would try to middle that Monday night game with the Lions points against the Packers. It is a divisional game. Usually divisional games end in, in, in between 10 points or those underdogs usually cover that spread, but I don't see the pack. I don't see Aaron Rodgers losing to Detroit. He usually owns them. So recap that Steelers, Browns, Patriots, Cardinals, Chiefs, Packers. That's a six-team NFL parlay for a five-to-one odds. What could go wrong? <laughs> Jimmy, our producer. It's the parlay that never ends. To as a callback, to chop reference there. And uh, I'm not gonna sing it though. I, I can't. So uh, now we got our our picks so what we're going to do we decided whoever has the worst record for our picks in the season has to put towards has to put at least $50 towards advertising our podcast in this uh next football season we're going to try to still give you episodes in the off season more health 
healthcare related stuff in the off season, but uh, down the road, we're, we're going to advertise this thing. So $50 has to go towards advertising for the worst record. And then each week, if you lose your lock of the week, which we all did, <laughs> but starting this week, last week doesn't count. That was week one. We were just getting in the, getting our ways. Uh, we're going to come up with a challenge you got to do on our TikTok. So follow us on our TikTok. Jimmy, what's our TikTok? Oh, that's easy to type in. <laughs> it's official return to play pod. There's no the in there. So at official return to play pod. On TikTok. So this week, if you lose your lock of the week, you got to drink ketchup for five seconds, which is pretty fucking gross. So without further ado, here are our picks of the week. Uh, and to recap, I went two and one. Danny and Jim went one and two, and we all lost our lock of the week. So I have the dealers minus five and a half. Like I alluded to earlier, West Coast teams on short rest almost never cover. Therefore, Steelers minus five and a half. It does scare me a little bit that like 83% of the money's on the Steelers. That's never a good sign for the Steelers. That's when they always let you down. Uh, that's uh, that's one pick. My next pick, I'm going to go with the – lost it. I'm going to go Chiefs, minus three and a half against the Ravens. I don't think the Ravens – if if the Ravens fell apart against the Las Vegas Raiders, what do you think they're going to do against the freaking Kansas City Chiefs? Kansas City is notorious for winning games without covering the spread, but I don't see this being a three-point game. I see the Chiefs, they're better, they're better on offense with the Ravens' defensive injuries, and their their defense should swallow up Lamar and that offensive line. So Chiefs minus three and a half. And then my lock of the week is the Cardinals minus three and a half. Cardinals playing the Vikings at home. Their defense looked legit. And and Kirk Cousins looks like a a very average, too shitty quarterback. Kyler looked fantastic. So of course that's that probably all turn around week two and everyone will even out, but that's my lock of the week. What do you got, Danny? Yeah, I told you the Cardinals were explosive this year, and you you shut that down. But look who look who nailed that one. But yeah, I, I have that pick as well. That's not my lock, but I do love the Cardinals minus three and a half. Looked great last week. I think Tennessee is a better team than Minnesota, so I love the Cardinals. My lock this week, I'm going. Uh, love bet. Uh, college is is easier to bet for me than NFL. I don't know why I love betting these college games. But my lock, I got Kansas State plus two at home against Nevada. Give you a little background. Kansas State lost their quarterback last week. Backup came in, looked real shaky. Uh, they had a, a, a fumble and a pick six. Gave up three touchdowns in a two-minute span. Had a little scare there. Um, but this is this defense is lights out. Shut down Stanford in week one, who then blitzed USC. 
Uh, so I really like K-State. I think the quarterback with a week of practice will, will look all right. Uh, hope Skylar Thompson heals up. But K-State plus two at home, I'm hammering that one. That's a lock. And then I was torn here. I really do like Purdue plus seven. They've looked great versus Notre Dame, who has not looked great. But I'm I'm, I'm not going to take that. I'm going Nebraska plus 22 and a half against Oklahoma. I think Nebraska got embarrassed their first game, and they've looked pretty good since then. That's a lot of points. Um, great, great historic rivalry renewed. I like Nebraska to at least keep it within a few touchdowns, plus 22 and a half. I like that pick. So K-State plus two, Arizona Cardinals minus three and a half, Nebraska plus 22 and a half. Nebraska's your lock? No, no, K-State's my lock. K-State oh, plus oh. two at home, lock. <sighs> Nevada, they're pretty good, but... And I do, I do, I do like Nevada, but they they aren't a Big Twelve team. Yeah, Nevada is good, but K State. That I mean, I'm telling you, that defense has been lights out. Deuce Vaughn is like Darren Sproles reincarnated. I feel like I, I love Darren Sproles when I was a kid. I feel like I'm watching him again. It's I I love this K State team. I think they're gonna make a little noise in the Big Ten, big geez, in the Big Twelve with uh, Texas being down. Watch out for K State this year. That's my that's my sleeper. I do agree with that, uh, that K-State is going to be competitive this year. Uh, I'll give Sean's picks, and then Jimmy can go last. So, Sean, when I asked him what, what his picks were, he just told me the teams, and then I had to look the lines up for him, and then he'd go, oh, yeah, okay, yeah. So, he has Auburn plus five and a half at Penn State's annual whiteout in primetime football. And Penn State has maybe the best defense they've had in four or five years uh, since Saquon year. But so he took Auburn plus five and a half, the underdog. Honestly, I could see it because old Baltimore over there, he could barely outrun those fucking uh, Ball State uh, defenders. He he looked good against uh he looked good against Ball State, but it, then again, it's Ball State. And uh, I could see it being close, but Penn State should win this game by 10 points, which probably means they won't. <laughs> he took under 47 and a half in the Browns and Texans game. I don't like that pick either. And then his lock of the week is Ohio State minus 24 and a half in the horseshoe against Tulsa. What are they? The tide, the something, the, the green tide? The golden hurricane, like a, like a tornado in Oklahoma. Oh. You're thinking, you're thinking the Tulane great wave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but a, uh, yeah. Also Tulane have a little rivalry that that's, that's understandable. Hey, you have any takes on on Sean's picks? I I don't like them. <laughs> that's that's all I they're got. They're all terrible, which means they're all probably gonna freaking win. His yeah, oh, that's how it goes. Reno. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, what do you got? All right. So, usually try to stay away from uh, betting on the Browns, just because. I don't know. Don't like betting on my team, but I'll take the over in that game. Um, I think Houston is going to, everyone th- thought they might be the best team to go, you know, defeated. 
for the season. And I think we let the media play into that situation down there a little too much. They have a ton of free agents in that building that come in just this year. So they're not really, you know, privy to everything that had gone on between, you know, Sean Watson and all that. So they're all there playing, you know, for a whole new team, basically. So I think they're going to, you know, put a couple points up on the board. And then, you know, I think Browns will also cover their, what is it, like 13 at the moment. So between that two, I feel pretty safe on the over for the 47 and a half. Um, I'm going to take Dallas plus three and a half, too. Uh, I was just in, uh, just at Jerry World a couple weeks ago. So uh, just felt like, uh, like a good pick, you know. The game's Not in as Los much Angeles. insight as you two. What? The game's in Los Angeles. Oh, I, know. I just, I know, I'm just saying. I was there. Fucking <laughs> huge, by the way. I saw, within like a 48-hour span, I saw Jerry World and then Nissan Stadium where Titans play. And I swear to God, it was like uh, looking at like a high school field compared to like a mega mega NFL stadium. It, it was just crazy, the size difference. And then my lock of the week. I'm going to go Cincinnati plus uh, one and a half. Um, I just think they'll ride that wave and um, Joe Burrow will continue to, you know, throw the rock around and put up some points and then I think it'll be a close game. I think they actually might pull it off. So there's my lock of the week. Uh, I am now. I am going to bet on the Bears. I think. The, I think the Bears <laughs> yeah, get pressure on Joe Burrow. <laughs> uh, the Bears' defense is kind of aging, as we saw, but the Bengals' offensive line is not good at all. And I think those veteran D linemen and Khalil Mack can make something happen and put some pressure on Joe Burrow enough to where um, their offense can put up enough points to win. But I, I, that probably will be a little bit closer of a game than you think. Um, and you know what? Uh, it, it might be a close game because Cincinnati Bengals, Chicago Bears, same initials, CB. There you go. There's an, <laughs> There's another correlation. Draw of the week, Bears-Bengals. Well, the Bengals love to try to get draws. <laughs> that, that is a that is a thing. Yeah, so there are our shitty picks of the week. Um, we'll see. We'll see if anybody can have a winning record at all. Uh, hey, I had one. I had a winning record. I need those Wildcats to come through. I'm not drinking that ketchup. Yeah, uh, the car. This honestly makes it a lot more exciting, and now I don't even really have to put. Uh, like a lot of money on the Cardinals, even though you know it's my lot. I'm gonna I'm gonna put money on all these picks that I make just just to lo- actually put my money where my mouth is. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't want to drink ketchup. That's gross. So I think that's it for this week. Everybody have a nice little it's getting that fall time of year. Enjoy your Saturdays. I, I can't enjoy my Saturdays until I take this freaking 
OT boards next Monday. So everybody wish me luck. And the next time you hear me, I'll either have, I'll either be a registered occupational therapist or I'll be in a deep, deep state of depression, but I don't think I'm going to fail. So I'll also let you guys know how, how that goes. Got the AT license to go to fall back on. Thirty-two k a year. I'll support you. Support you till you take the test again. Boy, I never, I never ended up getting my South Carolina license, so that would take at least uh, a month to freaking get that, and then find an athletic training gig. And I'm just not. I'm not even gonna think about that bullshit. I'm just gonna pass this test. Oh, and, yeah, pass it for sure. But you could also sell crack cocaine. I could, <laughs> or or I could just start. It's my vice. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, we're rambling. Thursday night football coming on. Saquon makes some yeah. magic. <laughs> Jimmy said making OnlyFans feed account. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh you gotta you gotta pay people money for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh well. All right, people, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy whatever you got going on and stay healthy.